Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pistolka. And yes, I just got the microphone closer to me. Sorry about that. Well, with me today, I've got Trisha Livermore, and we're going to talk about creating success with your mind. And Trisha is an expert on quieting that inner critic. So, Trisha, welcome. Thank you, Damon. I really appreciate being here. And I'm really super excited about how we can talk about quieting the mind together. Oh, this is going to be awesome because it's it's something that that as we were talking about coming in, I think that a lot of people go, oh, it's just me. I'm, you know, I must be something wrong. But when we really peel the onion back, it's a lot different than that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the judge, you know, we've got that inner critic. And we yeah. all have that judge and that inner critic in our mind. And we often think it's just us and it's everybody. Everybody has it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start back a little bit earlier in this, Tricia, because when someone, if they looked at your experience, they would say, how did you come from being in accounting and pretty much an accounting background or CFO kind of background and get into where you day? So where just kind of give us a start of your background and kind of how you got here. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's it's a wide and varied background. So, you know, I went to school like anyone else. Oh, I'll, I'll become an accountant. That's exactly what I want to do. I did the personality assessment that said, yep, that's 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 your key. That's the thing that you're going to do. And I got into accounting and um, within five years, I really did not like it. <laughs> Um, it was, it, you know, it was the repetition, right? Yeah. I like, I like to wear a variety of hats. And so the repetition got really old. So I was in corporate America for five years in that first five years. And I moved from finance into our technology division where I could really provide more financial reporting, strategic analysis, um, a lot of different strategy, organizational strategy, and helping the team and the organization grow. We were in a vendor business minute, business management organization. So we managed mm -hmm. my team and the organization I went was in, managed the IT outsourced contracts like IBM. Yeah. So we did, I did financial wow. reporting all of that time. And what I really found in the last eight years in my director role was really helping people find their 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 strengths. We did yeah. Clifton Strengths, helping them find that thing. And when we did that for the entire organization and we brought in some facilitators for that and people found their way, they were able to find roles that really suited them really well. And um, as I was trying to climb the ladder to get into a VP role, I just found that my values of cooperation and collaboration and compassion and nurturing, I wasn't able to really express it the way I wanted to 
because it was fiercely competitive. Yeah. So it just came to this place where I just decided that it wasn't probably the best path for me. I was really unhappy towards towards the end of my career, which was just over 20 years. And an opportunity came up. We were doing another reorganization. I went to my leader and I said, hey, I'd, I think I'd like out. You know, I'd like to really get a package and move on. And she's like, are you sure about that? And I said, yes, this is this is just not the place for me. I don't know what ne- what's next, but this yeah. is just it. And so I am extremely thankful that um, she was able to make that happen. So I got a really great package out of it. And at the same time, I was unhappy in my marriage. And so I got divorced and I left my career all at the same time. Oh, Um, my. Oh, my. Yeah, I just decided I had had enough. And, And I think the reason for that is I had all these health issues. Um, a variety of writing. Not sure if we're on, if I yeah. lost connection. Did we lose connection? Yeah, yeah. No. Just for a second, but you said you okay. had a variety of health issues. Variety of health issues. So I went to my naturopath and um, she's like, you know, how much stress are you in? And I'm like, yeah, it's medium high. Oh my gosh. Looking back at my stress level now. Uh-huh looking at my stress level now from back then, I I was at a 10. I was massively stressed. So that's how I really decided that it was just enough. I really had had enough. And what I decided when I left corporate was, what am I going to do now? I have this year to try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I really leaned on my business coaching, which I had built um, a small business with my ex-husband at the time. We built a hot rod shop. I could build a business for anyone else. Like I could be the back end person. I could set up the processes. We yeah. built it in our garage. I had coached him and consulted him for 20 years while I was in corporate America. I just did that on the side. So I really leaned on my business coaching um, to really start my own business. As I did that, I found shiftco.global, which is a small business growth community for conscious entrepreneurs. And how I found them is I just Googled conscious entrepreneurs and they came up and I realized this is the tribe I've been looking for. This is my soul tribe. This is the tribe that I really want to be a part of. And I joined them so that I could figure out how to grow my own business as a solo entrepreneur. Um, because it's something I hadn't done before and I needed support around people. My biggest, my biggest area that I needed help with was that inner critic. I had had so many not fun experiences in corporate. Yeah. Um, a lot of challenging situations. And my judge had just eaten me alive for so long. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I did a lot of inner work. I did a significant amount of inner work in really trying to emotionally regulate, learn how, learn what my triggers were, learn what was, why did I, why did, why was I so stressed or triggered or had so much fear around a variety of things. So I did a lot of that inner work. I found heart math and I'm not sure if you're familiar with heart math. It's, it's really just a resiliency program of how do you build up your personal resiliency and emotional regulation. 
And that's something that was really key for me. I didn't learn how to emotionally regulate when I was a child. It just, I don't know that any of us really did, to yeah. be honest. And um, yeah, so I, I found heart math. I learned how to calm my own nervous system. And then I also found positive intelligence, which really helps you understand all your saboteurs so that you can you can easily pivot into that inner wisdom and, or what we call the sage. Um, it's, it's kind of that left brain versus right brain thinking, right? That left is the constantly doing and acting and, um, you know, it's just the constant focus and external focus where that right brain thinking and that compassion and nurturing and heart-centeredness that that was the place that I really wanted to be in as I grew and developed myself so kind of a long story but well, a long it's, it's, story, start story. it's interesting though because you I mean you could have gone along as a high level accounting finance person your entire career I mean many people do um, but it's interesting how you know it just didn't didn't work over time and there's a lot of things um because your story is is not different than a lot of people i think in in the fact that two things first of all we build this stress builds over time it builds slowly yes slowly and we don't even realize it anymore yep and pretty soon pretty soon while i'm speaking as someone like a, a, a man like myself we can end up 30 pounds overweight, high blood pressure, myriad of, of health problems, and probably have had a heart attack and, and uh, just not even realize that it's a buildup of stresses and other things like that happen. And we can have all kinds of, you know, like you talked about the medical side effects of, of stress are really, uh, well, it's, it will kill you. It will kill you. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and I think what the one thing that I want to add to that is when I found heart math, what I realized was, you know, they talk about cortisol and your, the stress response and all of that stuff. And you think of I always thought of stress as like, oh, it's that high pressure, right? You're going to go do a presentation or you're doing all these things. But stress can come as frustration. It can come as sadness. It can come from a variety of different other feelings and emotions, you know, lacking community, lacking deep connection. Um, those things, along with all of our high stress moments of the day to day job, that's what people, I think, don't realize. I certainly didn't. I didn't realize that my cortisol yeah. were off the charts because of all the what you just said, the buildup of all the little things. Yeah. Well, and, and as you were saying, and I was writing some notes because, okay, not when we're talking about the buildup of stress and someone might look at, at someone and go, well, they don't have a high pressure job. They don't have a, this, that, whatever thing that was weighing down on them, like, like someone else would. But when you talk about frustration, lack of community, lack of connection, if those are, if those are all adding to stresses, which they are, as you say, yeah. it, it makes perfect sense. They can have stress levels as higher, higher than someone that does have a high stress and maybe even higher in yeah. some cases. Yeah. I, I've coached um, a few women who have, are 
have gone through grief, right? They lost mm -hmm. a parent or two parents or family members or friends. And that level of grief, when you don't, when you're not able to um, really honor the process of grieving and allowing yeah. yourself to yeah. just accept the feelings as they are and, uh, and yeah. honor the memory, um, yeah. you know, that, that can lead to long-term stress and depression and anxiety. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really important to learn how to really calm your nervous system when you get into those stress moments. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of think about this and it, it, it is grief is one of the things that I don't think we, and grief for a variety of situations, you mentioned loss of a, of, of a family member or someone that's close to you. You think of divorce, you think of loss of job, you think of loss of friendships. It's just grief is something that can really drag you down. And you talked about the, the steps in processing grief. And I think what we do is we want to go, okay, I've thought about it long enough. I'm over it. But yep. we really aren't. And we don't go through this, the steps and, and take and recognize and move through the steps until you go, okay, I've processed this the way I need to. And now I'm, I'm better for better. That's yeah. What I to say. Right. And you know, it is, it is a process, right? And sometimes you think that you're over the process and then it comes up again. And that's, that actually is really super normal. And, and I went through that cycle of, Oh my God, I processed this. I healed this. I did, was doing great. And then all of a sudden, you know, I would decline again. And what I'm learning and what I have learned is that is a normal part of our cycle. We go through all of these emotions of highs and lows. We can't always be at the high. Um, so just accepting that it's okay if, if you're having kind of a low energy day or something might, be, might come up, really allowing yourself to acknowledge how you're feeling and labeling it is a really great way to start instead of suppressing it, right? Because I think we all were taught, I don't, you know, don't don't show your anger, don't show your frustration. I don't wanna hear that, just be positive. You'll get over it. Well, no, you gotta acknowledge it. You gotta, yeah. you gotta acknowledge how you're feeling and, and just accept it and that and it's okay that that's how you feel. Yeah. And just uh, just letting that sink for a minute because right. it is it is so important, I think. And and we we all heard it as parents. We probably said it. And this is the thing, and the reason why I'm so happy to get to talk to you and 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 others that are talking about other areas around this and and thinking about things. Because <clears throat> honestly, I think this is one of the things that. If we can pass on one thing to the next generation, if we can pass this kind of thinking on and the understanding of this, we will do more good for future generations than than anything else we could do. Because it 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 to be able to to effectively process emotions is so valuable because and this is I will get on my opinion soapbox wherever you want to call it we're so quick to medicate we're so quick to think that okay you should not feel emotions you should be you know whatever it's not the case we have to be able to we have to come up with healthy ways of process i believe i'm just saying my belief is healthy ways to process them 
it's not that you won't ever feel sad or you won't have, and there are medical conditions that we need help for, but I, I look at, you know, just do a general search of the population of how many people are on, have some sort of drugs that they're taking for something that's, that's, uh, comes to do with their, with their mental state. And I think there's, there's gotta be a better way. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other piece of that is when we each learn how to process our emotions and understand what triggers us and then really create the new habit of how do I get into that inner wisdom space? How do I accept myself for exactly as I am and unconditionally love ourselves? When we can have that kind of compassion and empathy for ourselves, then that's when we can really extend it to others. And in, in the, you know, in everyday business, I mean, yes. be business, grocery store, where a driving, yes. right? Like, it doesn't yeah. matter where you're at. If, if you are feeling anxious and stressed, there's mirror neurons, there's quantum energy that expands that out of you and into, into the field of others, right? And so there's these mirror neurons that we all pick up on. So it's like when you walk in a room, I don't know if you've, if you've ever worked in a corporate environment where you can walk into like a conference room and there's just like this really weird energy yeah. to it, right? So, you know, there's, there's all this energy that we have within our system. And if we, once we learn how to manage that energy, and have greater acceptance, then we can have so much more compassion for each other. And I think that's really the key. Like that's my purpose is really, how do we bring humanity back into our daily lives? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's incredible because I think what a realization that I've come to over the last few years is that you can be, incredibly successful in business and be incredibly passionate or or compassionate, compassionate. I'm not saying the right word at first there, but compassionate. And those two in the past were not mixed together that much, but they can be. And I truly think that when you do, it is the, I don't want to say secret, but it is one of the keys to having an organization or a business or a group of friends or a community around yourself that is stronger and better than it can be when it's not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because and- you go even because I just think back a few years, right? And you look at uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? He talks about compassion all the time. Yeah, a few years ago, I don't remember that being as big of thing coming from him. But when you see people that are that are at his level and they're talking about it openly, and you see more CEOs talking about it, you see more, just a lot more people talking about the need for it and the need for mindfulness and 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 treating people as as humans, as you said, and and. Uh, I think that's something that they're finally realized. People are finally realizing it. It does make a difference. Yeah. And, you know. Nope. Cut for a second. There we go. There we go. There we go. 
Um, I don't know why every once in a while. So I apologize if that's on my end. Um, you know, one of the things about compassion is it's when you have had the inner critic in your voice. So when I was in corporate, I was definitely in masculine or left brain um, thinking. You know, mm-hmm. I was always the one doing. Um, Ed. Mm-hmm. And I had some compassion, but I didn't necessarily have enough compassion for myself to be able to extend it to others. So I really felt feel like my journey was I really needed to be out of the situation. Um, but we've got, you know, there's so many programs now with HeartMath, and I'm also um, a mental fitness coach with positive intelligence. They're, they have come up with these techniques so that we can really quiet that inner critic so that we can have more compassion for ourselves throughout yeah. the day, right? Which is just another another term of mindfulness. But I don't know that people give mindfulness enough credit as to how helpful it is to be in the present moment um, as often as you can be um, throughout your day. Yeah, that's that's what you just said, being in the present moment. And I read something, I don't know, last week. It talked about, it it just said, even if tomorrow is going to be very difficult, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy today. And I I heard that. And, And I think back to my corporate life when I was running businesses. I can't tell you how many nights and weekends I wasted because the the tomorrow comes, it comes. Did I did I anything happen any better because I was sick to my stomach, thought about a million different things? It didn't make the outcome any different. I probably before the day ended, I knew what I was going to do before I left left where I was working, and 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 certainly not any revelations came during that time. Um, but you just think about that and living in that present moment, going, "Hey, I'm I'm I'm." Finish with what I'm doing now. I'm with my family. In that case, my my children were much younger. And I think about the time that I missed because I was wound up in that when it really wasn't doing the business any good. And it certainly wasn't doing me any good. And it wasn't doing my family any good. Yeah. And what you're talking about is our stress response, right? So when we're in high stress response, our our autonomic nervous system, um, you know, really kind of kicks in. And it oftentimes hijacks our executive functioning. Yep. So problem solving isn't going to be very, you know, great. Our creativity is going to be yeah. less. And then we get more frustrated with ourselves, right? That inner critic is like, well, you should be better. Why aren't you better at this? Why, you know, and you have all of these thoughts in your head that aren't serving you, right? They're creating even more stress. So yes. that present moment mindfulness of really kind of, I mean, honestly, the, the biggest thing that you could do is just take three or four. The deep breaths, yeah. Deep breaths, right? So if you take three or four slower breaths, maybe count to four in and out, you know, count four in, count four out and do that three or four times. You can bring that, you can bring your your system back online because yeah. stress takes you offline. Breathing and oxygen helps calm that nervous system and brings you back online so that you can get into that space of creativity and intuition and passion. Um, you know, 
that that right brain and that's the piece we need to balance right that left and yeah. right brain um because you know if we're too far in one or too far in the other then we're imbalanced and you really do need both to be able to function and thrive right that's what yeah. we all want we just want to we just want to thrive yeah yeah i think that's why so many people find that they find solutions to problems when they're doing other things yes that's exactly yes. right and and when they or or they'll they'll go to sleep and then something will come to them in, in the in the night i mean it's it's just that you like you said stress takes your mind offline and you really can't make the best decisions and it's when your mind comes back into into the right frame of mind or in the right it's centered again yeah. um you really then can come back and think yeah and you know I, I think of it like our body right if we're a runner we're running all the time you need breaks right you need breaks well we don't we don't really consider our brain needing breaks and if we're con if we're at work and we're yeah. constantly thinking and thinking and thinking and doing and doing and doing your brain needs that break it needs that 30, 40, 60 seconds of just like calm, nothing, focus on something else. Look at a tree, stare at a tree. That's what I used to love to do is I would just stare at yeah. a tree, um, get into nature, just give your brain that break so that you can calm that nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is good. This yeah. is good. Because it, because, you know, it, we, as we said, we live with this we and we and it builds up slowly it builds up slowly and you don't realize yeah. and i think that you're talking about some things that can that can really help to take it down and that's great and when we talk about this some of the things that we're doing to ourselves with our own inner critic really are things that we can as we were going to talk about here to talk silencing that inner critic really helps you to keep that stress level lower doesn't it yeah definitely um you know this 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 that inner critic creates the stress and the and the hormone response of cortisol um and when you're able to intercept that critic um first you have to acknowledge it right you have to be aware of it you have to notice it that's the that's the first thing that you have to do is really become super aware of what your inner critic is saying to you um, and even just spending, a, you know, a week just noticing, writing down, what does it feel like? What is it saying? And then being able to intercept it and to stop it um, and then pivot, right? And pivot into our stage. So, um, and there's a variety of stage responses, right? What, you know, can I have more compassion for myself? Can I accept myself the way it is? Can I get curious? Is there something I need to learn? Is there something I need to do differently, right? So, if if our judge comes in and like you know we just got through with a meeting and we we just did not like it you know your judge would be like oh my god you're so stupid and like how could you possibly have said that or your or your response could be oh well i that didn't go exactly the way i wanted um you know what what could i have what could i do different if i were to do it again or what is it that i needed to learn from that so that i can modify what i need to do in the future right so that's the, mm -hmm. the judge voice versus that sage voice of uh, how do we how do we intercept that judge that really critical judge stop it intercept it which 
you know, a few moments of breathing. I also like sensory touch, positive intelligence talks about doing um, sensory touch for like just a couple minutes, even 10 seconds, honestly, um, just to focus your mind away from the judge, um, mm -hmm. intercept it to stop the thinking and then going into that place of, of sage. And here's the thing. It's, I like to call it, it's like a rut in a road. Um, if you, if you go down the freeway or even a dirt road, you follow the same path, you create this really deep rut, right? Your brain does that automatically. It has a neural pathway. So if you have allowed that judge or that inner critic to get really, really loud, it's because you have followed that pathway for so long. It's a really deep rut. And the only way to really get out of the rut is to create a new one. Well, you don't do that overnight. So it's not yeah. like there's no fast pill for this. This is, this is really being, you know, wanting that change of how do I want to change? So creating these new habits throughout the times, multiple times a day where you're intercepting the judge, doing breathing, focusing on sensory perception, staring at a tree, um, intercepting that multiple times a day so that you can take the sage response. That's how you create that new rut or that new neural pathway in your brain. And it's powerful, but you really do have to be committed to wanting to create that new habit. And when you do, it's life-changing. It, li it was life-changing for me. Yeah. You said a lot there. You said a lot there and it was great because because it's it's one of these things i think when we when we realize it and i i heard something a while ago it was talked about the fact that you know we run on subconscious thought like 95 percent of the time or something crazy like that and in order for us to retrain that as you said there's only a few ways to do it and you're mentioning it's it's intentional and yep. repetitive and it takes a long time to to rewrite that pathway to think about it differently. Like if, you know, if I always used to respond this way to this situation to respond differently to that situation, I might have to go through that situation a lot. And I choose the other path, the, the pathway that I want to now take rather than my old pathway many times before you don't just automatically subconsciously I'm going right down there again. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, one of my best examples is when you're driving to work, if, you know, I worked at the same place for 20 years, I, mm -hmm. I could drive to work without even thinking about it. It was just an automatic response because I had done it so many times. And, um, you know, anytime I had to go somewhere else besides work, I had to really be conscious of where I was yeah. going. You know, I had to be very intentional. I had to be really be focused and thinking about, how do I want to take a different route if I'm going somewhere near there, right? Same sort of thing. And like athletes, right? You don't build muscle and over, you know, by doing 10 reps. You just, yeah. you, you just don't, you have to do it consistently and repetitively. And, and it's, it's really amazing at how much it improves your thinking, your performance, your relationship with yourself um, and how much, peace it brings into your life mm -hmm. i can only imagine when you <laughs> and i and you the the one thing you said though that i think that is is really key for people listening to understand and and i want to expand on this a little more is it really does take intentional thought 
to catch yourself. Yes. That's what I found in trying to do different things like this. It just takes that. You really have to think about it because before you know it, you're in that same old habit. And if you don't go, well, and if I, and and the more intentionally you think before you're doing that response, I think the better you can intercept it and re and change direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, for anybody who wants to understand kind of their saboteurs, you could go to positiveintelligence.com and they have a saboteur assessment. Um, nice. It's that perfectionism that comes in. Right. So we think, oh, well, I, I screwed it up. I didn't do it. I wasn't intentional. And then and then it's an all or nothing concept. Right. Our saboteur comes in and then then we don't even follow through with it because we want it to be perfect. And it's just this acceptance of like, it's okay. I'm an imperfect being and yeah. it's okay, but you're yeah. right. Yeah. It's, it has to be very intentional and very thought, thoughtful about wanting to feel differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause when you brought up athletes, I mean, you look at the, the difference between from a high school to college to professional athlete, it's the intentionality of their practice. Yeah, it, it is. It's, and like I talked before we on watching, watching baseball uh, kids, my son grew up playing baseball and he honestly played on a team where several other people are playing in the MLB. Now it, you see the intentionality of practice it takes to develop the skill, the fine, 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 fine skills to go from high school where talent gets you pretty far to college where talent may get you in, but it's certainly not going to get you playing the long term. That's that intentional practice and that intentionally tweaking and the, the fine skills that you have to keep going until the, the professional level, it's on a whole nother level yet above that. And that intentionality of any of that stuff is, I think, where the key is and the imperfection and re- recognizing imperfection. Uh, you talk to, again, going back to sports, you talk to even older people people like Michael Jordan talks about how many shots he missed, how many shots he took just to be good, pretty good, or really good in the terms of his sport. Very, very good in, in that uh, be very good, but still not perfect, not even close. Right. And I think that's, that's the thing. And when you think about that and you, you relate that back to how well you're, you're doing on creating the change you want, we have to, recognize that we're not going to be perfect because no one is and we're going for better. Yes. I love that. <laughs> going for better, 1% better every day. Right. And, yeah. and, it, and, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, how I, I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist. Um, I yeah. used to be that person who really wanted to control everything and I wanted it my way and um, it had to be my way or the highway. I, I'm not, that's not who I am anymore because I wanted to intentionally change. I wanted to be a different person. I wanted to get back to my own natural um, compassionate self that I I had lost so many years ago. Right. So Mm -hmm. those perfectionists, whenever we're doing something, whether it's, you know, your, your personal growth or something in business or an athlete um, you know, being careful that you don't go into shame and guilt, right? That you didn't get it right. Cause that's yeah. the other 
place that, it, that your, your judge or your inner critic will go to is that, oh, I didn't get it right. I didn't do it right. Oh, it's, you know, oh, I, gosh, why am I not good enough? Things a lot. Oh, I can't even tell you all the, the things yeah. that my brain would tell me, um, you know, so really being, giving yourself some compassion. I think that was the biggest key for me, like giving yourself yeah. some compassion that you're not going to get it perfect every time. Yes. Someone brought up the comparison to me that I, I just, I love when we talk about failure, right? And you talk about that inner critic, that inner critic just seems to just kick you every time you fail. If you're, if you don't get by that. Right. But they said, when you were a little kid and you played your first video game, how many times did you have to get knocked out of that game, go back in, get knocked out and go back to that game to get good at it? I said, why do we ever expect anything in life to be different than that? <laughs> right. And then I think it comes down to desire, right? You wanted yeah. to be better. Mm hmm. You, you, you had a, you made a conscious choice. You wanted to do better. You wanted to conquer the level. You wanted to learn all of the tricks. You wanted yeah. to see where all the things were in the game, right? So yeah. it was, it was the desire and the choice of wanting it for yourself. And I think that's sometimes when we get into business, we're in jobs or roles or careers that we're not passionate about. So, you know, we're doing it for the money. I mean, I left, I left some really good money on the table <laughs> and starting this. I mean, I left lots of money on the table yeah, that I could yeah. be making, but I am so much happier now that I followed my values because yeah. I wanted better for myself. And that's the choice that each person has to make. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is, it is. And I think you, you said it well when you said it's the desire to be better. Uh, back at that a desire to be better and that the desire to be better makes it worth all the effort it takes to get there it does and it's not easy right the yeah. effort is not exactly easy right i went from severe depression several years ago um you know to a place where i'm i'm finally happy i don't have the big house i don't have all the big money i left all of that behind but man, I am so much happier in having a more simple life and I get to do what I love doing um, mm -hmm. and having an impact on people's lives, um, whether it's business coaching or, or mindfulness coaching. It's 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 fulfilling and it's rewarding. And, you know, when you can just take that one little thing that whatever it is that you want to do better at, be better at and start really being mindful and intentional around that. You get there, it, but it yeah. takes time. It definitely yeah. takes time to get there. Yeah, yeah. And I th and, and and you said that just pick one thing and be better at it. And it's it's being better at. It could be something with your your spouse, your kids, a friend. It could be something at business, a relationship at business. It's just like figure out what you want to do and keep going at it. And knowing, like you said, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You just have to that desire to 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 be better in that area. Well, let you get up after it, dust off and figure out how you're going to approach it differently. Yeah. And just like your example of, you know, playing a game, I like to use the example of, you know, children learning to walk, right? Toddlers learning. To oh, walk. yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Right. Like you don't you don't think about it. You just get back up. You just learn <laughs> to walk. Yeah. And when yeah. you fall, you fall. OK, you might cry every once in a while. It might not feel good when you fall. 
but you still get back up and you. Yeah. Get back up. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, so we talked about the heart math a little bit. We talked a little bit about the positive intelligence and, you know, really quieting that inner critic and, and, uh, creating that inner success or that success with your mind, because I think a lot of people don't really get the fact that what their mind controls so, so, so much without them even knowing it in their lives. And by paying attention to their mind, they can create a lot different outcome for what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, and and I love helping coach people through that change of how do we think differently? How do we um, uncover some of those internal belief systems that have locked us into our inner critic Um, and then shifting that perspective a little bit? So it it is so important right now, especially, you know, with the pandemic, with everything that's going on right now. I think everybody wants wants to really be better and do better and have a greater impact on society. And and this is this is my favorite thing to do. I mean, I wanted to bring peace and harmony to my life. I did that, and now I want to do it for others, um, utilizing heart math. And and I've got a program. Um, I'm partnering with Positive Intelligence. So I've got a program that's um, like positive intelligence where there's weekly videos and there's an app that utilizes um, some notifications throughout the days to really quiet, notice the judge first, and then learn how to intercept, how to create that self-command, right? How do I, how do I intercept it? And it's really about paying attention and noticing. And it's been really fun being able to do that with others. And the, and it's a six, seven week program. And still, even in seven weeks, you get so you get you get farther along in six, seven weeks than I did in probably, I don't know, long time years. And then but then you have to maintain it, right? There's this maintenance of really making sure that you're intercepting and you're moving into that sage space. Because we all have this potential, probably, that we're not necessarily meeting or some of us and others, if they're doing it, that's fantastic because we all have the judge and it's really just depends on how much you have carved that path in your neural pathway and you can create a new one. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Cause I, I know I'm with you there. I think, I think every single person has their, form of greatness inside of them that's locked in there it's it's different for all of us the where your end goal where you want to go is all different and i i think it's awesome what you're doing helping people to silence that inner critic and let them really uh, achieve those goals with the better the better habits yeah and you know and and i've i've gotten some testimonials from people who really they find their inner wisdom or their intuition they can they now have this space in their mind for more creativity um you know and we talk yeah. about flow right we you know we talk about flow and that's yeah that's where you're in flow and in, in mm-hmm. that when you're aligned um you know mentally and in your heart space that's where you that's where the magic happens 
lives. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and when you talk about flow like that, it's, it's, this is, this is getting to a new level of performance for you both personally and professionally. I mean, it's, this is where this, this, when people think it's for not for professional purposes, this is, this is for professional purposes. This right, is because yeah. it's the whole, you, you can't get the professional without the, the mind and the body working together or the personal without the mind and body working together that you truly want. And I just think that that's why I'm so passionate about having people like you on the faces of business and talking about this more, because I think as, as professionals and person and, and just people, the more we can understand this and the more we can teach anyone that wants to try and listen and understand this about this, because you just said about how that allows you to be in the flow. And if professionals out there listen to this and they just have felt they've gotten that flow where they are just, they are just doing it right. They are cranking out whatever they're passionate about and it's just happening. It's coming from, they don't even know how the heck they're doing it. This is what getting your mind right around this will really allow you to do more often. Yeah. Cause that, that inner critic will take you out of flow like that and yes. you're, you're out and, yeah. and, you know, finding that flow, coming back into that flow. If you if you don't know how to intercept that judge to bring it back, um, you know, that's the new habit. Right. But once you've created that new habit and you can really get into flow and, you know, I work with mostly coaches, other solo entrepreneurs that are coaches um, and, you know, they're so in their head about, well, what should I do and who should I meet and where should I go? And and I'm like, you know, I'll get them to quiet down. I'll have them do a little heart math or breathing exercise or PQ reps. I'll have them calm themselves down. And then I ask them the question they asked me, whatever they whatever they wanted to know for me. I'm, I asked them, I'm like, so what do you think? What, what feels right for you as your next step? And they intuitively know, exactly. and they're passionate about it. They're interested. So it's, it's, it's just, how do you create the space? to get into that place of, and it literally can only, you know, 30 seconds, sometimes even 10 seconds, a couple minutes, maybe if you're really stressed out, but that's the space that we can get all of our answers from. Yeah. Yep. Trisha, it's been a pleasure having you on today. I am just, thanks so much for, for joining us and, and sharing about, how to create that, to quiet that inner critic and, and really understand how to use your mind more productively. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciated being on today and hopefully um, your listeners got something, you know, a nugget or two here out of it. And yeah. I have my programs on my website at soulbusinessadvisor.com. Um, so check it out, you know, follow yep. me on LinkedIn. I would love to connect with more people on LinkedIn as well. Um, Very so, good. Yeah. So thank you, Damon. I really appreciate this. Awesome. So it, we had Trisha Livermore here today. If you've just come in lately here, connect with her on LinkedIn. Check out her website, soulbusinessadvisor.com, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, look out there. I believe you got a program. You said you got something, a group program starting in February. Yep. February 7th at four o'clock, a group program. It's only got five seats, so it's limited. I like uh, I really prefer small groups because yeah. you can have a lot more intimate connection around your judge and, and your sage and going through that program with others and really having that safe space to be able to do that um, on a weekly basis. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, Tricia, thanks so much. Thanks everyone that's been listening. We will be back again with another interesting person talking on the faces of business. So hang out for a minute, Tricia, and we'll talk after. Thank you.